Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Election time is upon us, and obviously you know that elections have consequences, and that's why it's important for us to discuss candidates who have who share principles with us who are christian conservative people who want to make sure that we follow our constitution that we have our constitutional bill of rights protected and that the elected officials act in such a way as to preserve our individual freedom very very important back from revolutionary times our founders wanted us to be a nation of individual individualists. Individualism, very important. Not collectivism, individualism, the sovereignty of the individual. My guest on Freedom Forum Radio is Vance Patterson, and he does fit that description. He is a Christian constitutional conservative. He's a candidate for Congress from the 11th Congressional District in North Carolina. I will remind you there is a actual primary in the voting booth on March 3rd, but early voting does start on February 13th. This is a primary, the GOP primary, and there are a number of candidates running, and it's really important that we preserve the seat, this seat for uh, the GOP in the Congressional District 11 in North Carolina. So Vance Patterson, you and I have known each other for a long time. I respect you. You are a man of principle. Uh, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Dr. Dan, it's uh, always good to see you. Uh, appreciate our, our history together. Um, I am a father of four, married 45 years to my wife, Mary Jo. I'm a serial entrepreneur, having started 21 companies. Also taught uh, entrepreneurship at the University of Oxford in England. Currently, I operate 20, uh, of the two comp- uh, 21 companies, I operate two right now. They make industrial fans uh, to keep employees cool. Uh, So I am a proud American manufacturer. I have negotiated and done business, manufacturing business around the world in Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia, China, Brazil, Mexico, and uh, I'm I'm very familiar with the cultures around the world and know how important it is in negotiating to, uh, to know those cultures when you're talking to people. And, Dr. Dan, you know, we've been living in western North Carolina for 26 years now, raised our children here. They all went through the public schools, and so we're very familiar with the culture. That's great, uh, Vance Patterson. Uh, Like I said, I'm really pleased to have you here and give you the opportunity to inform people 
what's important to you. Uh, because what's important to you is obviously very important to us, your, uh, your constituents, and I certainly hope that you are elected. As you know, I do endorse and support you uh, for Congress from the 11th District. So, Vance Patterson, what are your priorities uh, in this uh, race? Well, one of the number one issues is, is security, and that is a word that when you say it, People take different meanings from it. They draw from that. And so security, security in the home, first of all, and that has to do with, with the Second Amendment. Um, I, I will fight against any change to the 27 words of the Second Amendment uh, because without the Second Amendment, the other amendments don't matter. Uh, Mary Jo and I are both uh, concealed carry uh, permit holders and believe strongly in, in – uh, the ability to defend ourselves in our home, uh, also the right to raise our children uh, under the values of our home. This is this uh, secures the family values. Uh, security in the schools. I believe that uh, we should provide for that security, possibly with concealed carry in the schools. I'm a big believer in that. Training programs in my companies. We had the sheriff's department come in and do a training program on what to do if there is an active shooter on campus. And it basically is, is uh, run, hide, and fight. Those are the three steps. Uh, if nothing else, at the end, you fight. But having concealed carry on campus can really help eliminate that threat. Um, 94% of all mass shootings happened on gun-free zones since 1950. So uh, having people who can defend themselves is really important. And then security under the law. Uh, to make sure that government doesn't come in and um, by any means take our property uh, or, or our wealth, whether it's uh, the federal law or state law or even local law. Uh, we need to defend that and have uh, security under the law, equal treatment uh, for all people. You know, the Second Amendment is certainly under attack now by, by the collectivists, by the left, and it really is all about control, as you well know. And I've often said that the four most important words in the Second Amendment are shall not be infringed. And the most important part of the Second Amendment is the period at the end of those words. Our founders intended for us to have the right to keep and bear arms, not only for self-protection, but as you know, as Jefferson said, the tree of liberty must be watered from time to time with the blood of tyrants and patriots. So the Second Amendment was really at the core of what our founders believed. You have, to, you have to remember, they weren't too long from living in England where they didn't have any gun rights. And since they had them here, since it was a frontier land, they had the guns. They were not willing to give those up for any reason and go back to what the situation was in England where they had ty tyranny and uh, you know they were just less than what everybody else was. I really liked what you said about gun-free zones. What we call gun-free zones are helpless victim zones. Uh, that is such a basic truth. Uh, I have a T-shirt that says, uh, when seconds count, the police will be there in minutes. And I have another one that says, 9 millimeter beats 911 every time. Every person, as you so eloquently say, stated, should have the right the self-protection of themselves and their family, certainly in their home and anywhere else where it is needed. 
And in, in Virginia, they're trying to control the number of uh, rounds you can put in a magazine. You know, and where does it say the 11th round makes you a, a ninja warrior? You know, uh, what's the big difference between 10 and 11? And yet they're trying to make that distinction. And it's wrong. They shouldn't do that. I also liked what you said about government and government power. Part of the Bill of Rights, the 4th, 5th, and 6th Amendment, spell out due process. How do you view due process? Well, the 4th Amendment is the one that protects uh, privacy, um, protection from unreasonable search and seizure, and that keeps the government from just knocking on your door and coming in and and doing what they want. The 5th Amendment is the one that does the life, liberty, and uh, property. That's where you get into due process with a grand jury, and, and um, you're able to confront your accusers and have a, have a jury of your peers. And then, of course, the Sixth Amendment guarantees the speedy trial, a public trial, impartial jurors, and, uh, and to have it take place in the community where the offense is alleged. All of those rights that we have are what separate us from dictatorships. Because I guarantee you, uh, if someone says a bad word about you to a dictator, at 2 a.m., the police show up at your door, they break it down, they take you and your family and all your possessions out, and you're not heard from again because these rights that we have are absent in dictatorships, and those who would remove those rights are nothing more than dictator wannabes. And what's, what's the new proposed law that uh, will, will make that happen is the red flag laws. You get into that and oh my gosh, somebody can make an accusation and there they are, just like you say, Dr. Dan. They show up at your door and off you go. And now you have to defend yourself against, you know, possibly somebody that isn't even going to identify themselves. They're just afraid that uh, you may do something. And this is uh, very Orwellian, very 1984. This is Dr. Dan, and we'll be right back with Vance Patterson, candidate for Congress, North Carolina, 11th District. This is Dr. Dan, and we're back with Vance Patterson, candidate for Congress in the North Carolina 11th District. The primary, of course, is March 3rd. Early voting starts February 13th. Vance Patterson is with me on Freedom Forum Radio because he and I share a common love and respect for our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and those are the documents along with the Declaration of Independence, our founding documents. Those are the documents which give us as individuals that individual freedom that is so much a part of the American story. Vance Patterson, thank you again for being on Freedom Forum Radio, and I am so happy that we have given, that we are able to give you this opportunity to talk about your principles. You are a gentleman of principle. I endorse and support you for this elected office. So let's go on and talk about health care and Social Security. Well, health care is probably the number one concern of most Americans right now, certainly with the virus going around. Um, health care is, is another security. That's one something we want to feel secure in is in our, in our health and being able to take care of ourselves, not have the government take care of us, but we take care of ourselves. Um, health care should be about individuals and not about corporations and institutions. So much of it is, is based on, uh, you know, whether the corporations and institutions can make money. And the individuals are just, uh, you know, a, a product that comes in and, and they service and, and hopefully make money on. 
Well, that's wrong. You know, the concern should be about the individuals. Um, as far as Medicare for all, I would work to make sure Medicare for all never happens because Medicare for all means less Medicare for those who are depending on it right now. And that's, that's just wrong. Um, I am a free market um, person, believe in competition across state lines. You know, there was an act back in uh, 1945 that prevented, uh, it's, I don't know this, it's like the, the uh, Massey-Ferguson Act, but that's not it. It's last, uh, last part of it is Ferguson. But it, it prevents the uh, um, competition across state lines for insurance companies, which means the states in the state, uh, they regulate their own insurance, and that's what keeps a lot of the pricing highest because they don't have that competition. Some states only have one insurance company operating in their, in their state. So there are other means for getting health care down, like uh, the patent laws right now. Uh, these big pharma can, can have a patent on a uh, treatment, and as the treatment is run, or as the patent is running out, they can tweak it a little bit and get it extended. So we can't get a generic uh, form of that drug on the market, and that keeps prices high. That needs to change, and that's something that uh, we can do in Congress. How do you feel about health care savings accounts as a way of, for individuals to manage their own health care? Well, my position is that, that insurance ought to take care of, of everything we need, and something like a health savings account can take care of the, what we want, you know, as far as prescription drugs and things like that, or, uh, you know, things to treat colds, the flu, and stuff like that. To me, health insurance ought to be for catastrophic needs where you don't bankrupt the family because something occurs that, uh, you know, is a, a severe challenge to the family. That's an important concept to me. Uh, certainly as a physician, I'm really well aware of all the problems in our health care system. Most of the problems are really with government intervention where it shouldn't be and with the insurance companies dictating what can and cannot be done. You know, if you have an automobile policy, it doesn't pay to change your oil and your oil filter. It doesn't change, pay to change your wiper blades. It's there in case you have an accident or something that needs catastrophic care. Uh, and I think that's a great concept for health care. If we had health insurance that took care of the ca- catastrophic things or the big-ticket items, then the, ins- then the premiums would be manageable by most people. Then they would be responsible using health care savings accounts for the day-to-day things that they need, like you said, the common cold and a, an aspirin here or uh, small things. And that's really a great model which would give good health care coverage and actual health care for most individuals in the country. Back when, uh, back when I got out of school, got married in 1974, and as I've said, I had four children, we did not have health insurance because uh, I was a small employer and, I mean, a small businessman. And for two of our children, we had no health insurance. And it, it was interesting because my wife was concerned at one time when we were pregnant with the third child, whether the hospital would let us come back in because we hadn't finished paying for the second child. And we were set up making payments to the hospital, just like you make car payments. And we worked through it and, you know, certainly we got our kids paid off and everything. I wish it had been more like a 30 year mortgage where after 15 years they could have repossessed them, but that didn't happen. So 
even though you don't have insurance, there are ways to get things done and, and keep a healthy family. So I'd be right in saying that one of the one of the things that you stand for is the right for insurance companies to market across state lines to individuals on a national basis, which would then give people the right to be able to choose a plan that works for them. Absolutely. This would be good for the uh, for the individuals and for the insurance company. It broadens their market, gives them, uh, you know, better better uh, markets to go into and, and spread the cost and overhead of their companies. As a physician, one of the things about Obamacare that was particularly irksome was the fact that the insurance insurance companies were limited to four plans, and they were so all-inclusive that the premiums were unaffordable. If insurance companies can compete, and I know, Vance Patterson, that you're a free market guy, and competition is part of that. If insurance companies could compete, they could offer plans that were tailored to an individual person's need. That would bring down the cost of care enormously. Absolutely. Uh, my wife and I do not need pregnancy insurance, and yet we're, it's mandatory that we're, it's in our policy. Uh, the same thing is happening with uh, cable TV and, and um, you know, entertainment. Um, most recently, I was able to select what channels I wanted to watch, uh, had a base, and then select the uh, 12 channels that I want to watch, and the cost of my monthly cable TV came down about a third of what it was before. The same thing could happen in the insurance industry. How about care for veterans? That's a major issue now. And that's why, for me, community care is such an important program. I understand that the uh, veterans programs are, are much better than they were uh, under Obama as far as care. They are getting outside of uh, the VA hospitals and allowing them to go to any hospital uh, to get treatment sooner than they had before. As far as local, uh, I believe this can be a part of the military policy, uh, just like the VA bill was, that should uh, veterans come back to communities, that uh, they should be able to uh, get funding from the military to take care of these veterans, but on a community basis. That's one of the strong points of community care. In our area, veterans who need care have to travel two hours or actually five hours round trip to get care at a VA facility. Uh, but now, under President Trump's uh, change in the, in the VA structure, they can merely ask for care locally, and they are allowed to go, VA pays for it, allowed to go to local physicians who provide care that is at least equal to, if not superior, to the VA care itself. Absolutely. You know, health care is a huge issue. It is one that, I, and one that a lot of people avoid. They don't want to talk about it. That is one issue I want to work on in Washington, personally. We're talking with Vance Patterson, candidate for Congress in North Carolina's 11th District. 11th District primary uh, is March the 3rd. Early voting starts on February 13th. Vance Patterson is a man of principle and a man of character. He is a Christian, conservative, who I endorse and I support uh, for Congress from the 11th District. Remember to vote for Vance Patterson in the primary March 3rd. Early voting starts February 13th. Vance Patterson, it's been a pleasure to have you as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you for giving me your time on the radio, Dr. Dan. I look forward to participating again, hopefully in the near future. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. 
Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.